Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Good morning. We should be preaching like this more often, right? So my name is Mose. My name is Ari. And we are so glad to have you here this morning as we continue to share about our series on honor. Uh, still have to collect technological stuff. Yeah, so welcome. Our first time guests, you're welcome. We are so honored to have you. We have the privilege and opportunity to be the leaders here at Worship Harvest, uh, Nalia and other places. Great. So today we are talking about honoring our spouses. So we thought the only way that's going to work is if we do it together, right? So Ari and I have been married for 16 years now. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can clap to that. And uh, yeah, want to say anything? I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Awesome. So we didn't rehearse this, so we are going to be sort of... So today we are talking about honoring our spouses. We've been married 16 years, and it's been mostly wonderful. Uh, <laughs> and the first three of those were very, very complicated. As many of you have heard our story, the first three years of our marriage... Uh, the wedding was made in heaven, and then that portion of the marriage, not necessarily. So we experienced pain, we experienced a lot of ungrace, uh, tears, sadness. Went through all the emotions that sometimes people go through when they get married, including questioning whether you married the right person. What was your experience, Ari? I, I had read about marriage and relationships in novels, in books, and my idea of marriage was here, and my experience of marriage was there, and this was white, and that was black, this was light, and that was darkness, and it was not a good experience. So if you're taking your marriage cues from novels and Hollywood, uh, it might not be a good experience. So, when it comes down to it, with hindsight and reflection, we realize that the real challenge was that we were married, but we didn't have, or we didn't understand the tools that make marriage work well. And one of those that we've been, or that we're going to look at today is honor. Honor is a great function that, mar that makes marriage work. Now, to honor is to hold in great respect to hold in high esteem, to have a high regard for, to esteem, respect, admire, defer to, to look up to, to think highly of, and many other such words. Uh, the Hebrew root for the word honor is what? <laughs> Kebed, woohoo, Jesus, which means heavy, weighty, rich, 
glorious. In the New Testament, the Greek word they use is what? Timao, which is to prize, to fix valuation upon or to revere. Now, the, the, the thing is that for marriage to work, for marriage to work, honor has to be practiced by both parties. The husband has to honor the wife and the wife has to honor the husband. And we, as we say in the scriptures, that when he says that give honor to whom honor is due, that means that uh, it's, it's pending. It has to be paid. It's a bit like when your rent is due, you have to pay. You don't tell the landlord, landlord, do you know who I am? No. You give <laughs> rent to whom rent is due. And the Bible says that you give honor to whom honor is due. And one of the people to whom honor is always due is our spouses, right? So in marriage, husbands should honor their wives through love and support. That's the first point. You know, some people need a summary before you get into the main. Uh, husbands honor their wives through love and support. And we're going to see that from the scriptures. Wives should honor their husbands through submission and respect. The big S word has come out. And we are going to try and dig it up and, and put it out so that people are not super scared. And then they both create a culture of honor out of reverence to God. So that's what we are going to be sharing about. And so we'll be sharing from 1 Peter chapter 3 from verses 1 to 9. In case you don't get the text up there, you can always open it on your phone. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 to 9. Ari. Can we read this scripture together? First mm -hmm. Peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 2. Together, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chest conduct accompanied by fear. Uh, here Peter is, is talking to wives and telling them that even when your husband does not know the Lord, even if you know the Lord and your husband is not saved, just from him watching your chest conduct, just from him watching the way you behave with him, just from him seeing how you respect him, how you honor him, he will be won over to the Lord. And sometimes we think that, you know, our chest conduct is just due because our husbands are good. But this is talking about a husband who doesn't even know the Lord. And he can even be won over to the Lord just out of the way you behave. Can you imagine, wives? It's amazing what this can do, Mose. Great. So now we see that from that text it says, wives likewise. Wives likewise. So the likewise means something. It means he's comparing it to something else. So when that scripture was written at first, when Peter wrote this letter, it didn't have chapters and verses. But if you go back to chapter 2, from somewhere in the middle, you see that he has been talking about honor. In fact, that's where we started with, with the whole idea of honor to whom honor is due. 
and honoring uh, authorities, spouses, and, and God. And you see that in chapter 2, somewhere when he's talking about uh, slaves honoring their masters, he brings out the idea that sometimes it's going to seem unfair, especially if your master is not well behaved. And then he talks about the sacrifice that sometimes you're going to have to make to honor. Honor is sacrificial. And he references Christ in 1 Peter chapter 2.23. And it says, if we could read in that next... Oh, I'm the one controlling the slides. Jesus, where am I? Where are we? So what were you people reading? <laughs> From Sorry. your phones. Jesus, apologies. I completely forgot this was my role for Keith. Anyway, so uh, that stuff in orange. First Peter 2.23, let's read it together. It says, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges rightly or righteously. So this kind of submission trusts God to make things right and even turns disobedient and wayward husbands to Christ followers. So what he's stressing here, when he uses the word likewise, is to say the same way he has been explaining honor. That sometimes honor is going to be sacrificial. Why? Because honor is a function of you not the person you're honoring. Sometimes God is going to call you to honor a complete... No, don't say it. Yeah, if I say it, then it will sound dishonorable. <laughs> but sometimes God is going to call you to honor people that really, they shouldn't have the word honorable in front of their names. Kamara has got the joke. <laughs> the rest have not. <laughs> and he's saying you're going to have to do it sacrificially, trusting God who judges righteously. God sees your sacrificial honor. Wives, God sees your submission and he's going to use your submission to turn your husband around. Because the words uses there, it says that, that even if some do not obey the word. In other words, at present, you might be married to someone who does not obey the word. And there, it's not even just not obeying the word in that they are maybe saved or not. They may even be a Christian who still does not obey the word. And he says just by your conduct without a word, they will be one to Christ. So, so that's, that's very important. So we want to say it is sacrificial. Not only for the wife but also for the husband as we'll see later. But right now he starts with the wives because the whole submission thing has become uh, hot potato. Uh, under what circumstances am I supposed to submit? Under what circumstances am I not supposed to submit? And I want to submit to you that <laughs> submission is sacrificial. 
Tell me, help me tell your neighbor, submission is sacrificial. Uh, tell the other neighbor, submission is sacrificial. All right, let's continue. Ari. You may be a wife here and you're saying, Mose, you're saying those things and you don't know my husband. You don't know the kind of person you're telling me to submit. You don't know the kind of person you're telling me to respect. You don't know how he treats me. You don't know how he speaks to me. You don't know how he behaves. But God knows and he's calling us to sacrificially submit to our husbands. Amen? Amen. First Peter 1, 1 Peter 3, 3 to 4. Can we read together, Moses? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I got it. Okay, together. Do not let your, your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, this is Peter saying that the same effort, the same time, the same amount of money that you put on ladies and wives, on making your hair look good, on making your clothes look very good, on making your outward appearance before people look very attractive. Let us wives spend the same effort, time, money, on making our inside, the inside that comes out through our words, through our behavior, look as good. And that's what the scripture is saying. Mose, what do you have to say about that? Great. So some people have misinterpreted the scripture to me to say that don't put on makeup. Uh, don't, uh, don't, go, don't have incredible hair and uh, uh, put on gray khaki dresses only. Uh, but that's... <laughs> I don't think that's what he's saying. All right? How do we know that's what he's not saying? By the word merely. He says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. In other words, the outward is great. Wives, keep it going, all right? Don't join the mother's union too soon. <clears throat> keep it going. Uh, keep the outside thing going. Uh, put on makeup. Apply, do the hair. Look incredible. Amen. Husbands, oh yeah. And what do the husbands do? They fully fund. <laughs> husbands have to fully fund those projects. All right? So husbands fully fund the project. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of wives tapping their husbands right now. Eh? Listen up, listen up. Eh? needs to be in the budget. If you want to look great, you have to invest. Yeah, if you're not going to invest, then it's okay. You'll end up with something else. <laughs> but he says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. In other words, outward is great. It should look great. But inward should even be greater. Why? Because the outward fades away with time. Uh, one day, uh, goes by and you become a little older than the previous day. Uh, one day you'll be in your 50s and you look a little different from what you look like in your 20s on the outside. It may on the outside look like things uh, 
sort of, uh, yeah, uh, falling apart. But here is the thing. The inside only gets better with time. Yes. Any good investor knows that you need to put your money on a stock that's growing. So the outside is a stock that is reducing with time. The inside is a stock that's growing with time. So you know where to put more of your investments. So it says, don't let it be merely on the outside. Yes, Ari, uh, verse 5 to 6, verse 5 to 6. Together. For in this in manner, in, in former times, times the, the holy women, women who trusted in God, God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. We were reading this last night uh, in bed, uh, and I sort of misread that verse. I thought it said, as Sarah obeyed Mose, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you don't do. Then she said, no, you're reading it badly. So anyway, tell us more. <laughs> I, I found this verse interesting because they said the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. How? Being submissive to their own husbands. And for me, what struck me was that the way they trusted in God was wearing submission, was being submissive to their own husbands, obeying them. And I was asking Mose today that, what does it look like today, the whole Lord part? And he didn't quite give me an answer. So what I'm going with today is maybe I'll say Lord Mose. <laughs> <laughs> the revelation is about to hit her. Um, so it says they adorned themselves being submissive. They adorned themselves being submissive. As I'm going to clarify in the next part... This is nothing to do with women versus men. You understand? Not all women should be submissive to all men. <laughs> women are only supposed to be submissive to only their own husbands. So, yes, thank you. You can say that again. So this idea that because uh, uh, we, you, get, you get the idea. These women are not less than men in any way. Women are only called to be submissive to their own husband. So for a woman who is not married, maybe the only person they are submitted to is their parents and whichever authority figures they choose to be submitted to, but they are not required to be submitted to men just because they are men. So in other words, women are not supposed to be treated differently in the workplace just because they are women. They are not supposed to be paid less just because they are women. No, no, no. This is in the family context of submitting to your own husband. Are, are we making this clear? Because sometimes what happens is this submission thing is stretched too long and taken into other spaces and say, no, you're, you're just a woman. No, they are not just a woman. In fact, in Christ, there is no difference. It's in the marriage context that a woman is called to submit. Now, before you got married, you were free. 
you did not have to submit. In fact, if you're here and you're not married and you do not want to submit to anyone, do not get married. Okay? Yes. It's as simple as that. All right. But the moment you take willingly, walk down the aisle, which I call the wrong walk to freedom. Wrong because you are throwing away your freedoms. And I'm going to explain later that that's the same thing that happens with the men. <laughs> then you have, you've chosen to submit. Uh, am I making sense? So, uh, if you're married, you are to submit to your husband. Now, here is the important point that Ari is making that we need to know. Submission is soft but very powerful power. <laughs> yeah? There are women who have controlled whole empires without ever going to a battlefront through submission. They decide who the next emperor will be. They decide the policies of the empire just through submission. Do you get what I mean? So, uh, to those that they are married to, please, women, do not submit to men just because they are men. No. You submit to your husband. Now, once you're married, you're called to submit. And the wisdom, no, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. You understand that? So you're going to find someone telling you that submission crap doesn't work. Let me tell you. It works because it is the word of God. The word of God is not, cannot lie. So by the time God thinks that the best way for you to get the best deal in this thing called marriage is submission, then it means he knows what he is talking about. So stop the fights. Stop the wrong information coming to you. Try it. If, it. if it doesn't work, come, let's talk. And we'll see why it didn't work. But the word of God calls us to submission. And she was trying to call me Lord Moses. But that's not the idea. It says she called him Lord. Basically, the word, the translated word, she called him master. Yeah, that, that sense of she respected him. She reverenced him. Here is, here is a, a verse in Ephesians 5, 22 uh, and 24. Let's read together, and we are just going to read the two verses. I skipped 23. It says, wives, wives submit to your own husbands, husbands as to, to the, the Lord. Lord. Therefore, just, just as, as the church, church is subject, subject to Christ, Christ so, so let, let the wives be to their own husbands, in everything. everything. You see that? So, we conclude that wives honor their husbands by being submissive to them and treating them with respect. respect. Wives honor their husbands respect. by being submissive to them and treating them with respect. Let's repeat that. Wives honor their husbands by being submissive to them and treating them with respect. If you call your husband all sorts of unseemly names, he is not going to turn out very well. <laughs> he will start behaving like the thing you're calling him. If you call him a dog, he will soon behave like a dog. 
If you call him nothing, he will soon behave like nothing. Somehow, men are wired to gravitate to spaces where they are respected. I don't know why, but that's what it is. So when a man finds that some people really see value in him, he's going to go there. Whether that's a group of people drinking things that are going to destroy their organs, he's going to go there. Whether that's people that he shouldn't be spending time with, he's going to end up there. Why? He sees that these people see some value in me. So wives, can I give you the trick? You remember the thing we talked about last week about that Nigerian woman who got school fees for his son out of very many sons? Your father has a farm so big that even if the birds of the air flew the whole day, they cannot finish it. Your father... <laughs> so speak, speak these words. Be respectful to your husband and be submissive to your husband. Great. Anything you want to add? I was thinking, Mose, that this submission, respect thing is a heart thing. And it just comes out of the overflow of the heart. So if I don't respect you or honor you in my heart, my actions will show it. So if your wife here who is struggling with respect and honor, just ask God to help you in your heart because it's out of the overflow of the heart that you will speak and you will act. Awesome. I think that my wife is a very wise woman. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And that's true. She's wise. She's powerful. She's, she makes so much sense in a quarter the time I need to make the same amount of sense. Men, marry well. If you're not yet married, please marry well. That's a free one. All right, let's move on to verse 7, which is now addressing the husband. So now husbands, um, I'm here for us. <laughs> Ari has spoken very well to the women, uh, to the wives, not the women, and I'm here for the husbands. And uh, even if you're single and not married, uh, just take this in. You may be able to teach someone else who needs it. You may have some married friends. Or you may be considering marriage in the future. It will still be helpful. All right. Verse 7. Husbands, are you ready? With everybody else, let's sit together with all the gusto. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. Wow. Wow. So... There was a lot of discussion on the preacher's group about this verse, and you, you, we will get to that part that generated a lot of discussion and why. But he says, husbands, likewise. The likewise is to say that the same way he has been talking about sacrifice in submission is the same way he's talking about sacrifice in love. Okay? Love is sacrificial. If it doesn't cost you anything, it's not love. In fact, if it benefits you, it's not love. If it benefits you, it's the other person loving you, not you loving them. <laughs> Some people are getting what I'm talking about. 
But it starts with the likewise. Husbands likewise. And it says, dwell with them with... What, what's the word, husbands? Loud, 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 loud. Understanding. Again. Understanding. Understanding. Husbands must understand their wives. One time, a guy published a book. And the title of the book was The Things Men Know About Women. And after the foreword and those opening statements, all the other pages were blank. <laughs> Some people have clocked that joke. Some people are taking themselves too seriously. They are thinking, where is the depth? I'm waiting for the deep moment. The man of God is about to say something that's going to change my life forever. Woo-wee! Pens are ready to take notes. Come on. Understanding your wife. By the time the writer is saying it, it means that it's work. Yeah? So, at some point, things are going well, you know what works for her. And so you copyright it, send the module to the factory and say, reproduce 100,000 things, copies of this. I've figured out works, works for her. I'm just going to keep pressing the same button for the rest of my married life. And guess what? Two weeks later, it's not working. And you're like, but you! <laughs> God has created our wives to be these amazing people who are wired amazingly. And their software has weekly updates. You see, the men, once you figure out that Kamara likes posho and beans, just order posho and beans for forever. He will eat the same thing. When they go, have you ever gone to the restaurant with your wife? And you quickly, I'll have that. Then the waitress is waiting. They ask, you're like, that menu is not a dissertation document. It's not a doctorate you're studying. Can you make up your mind? They think with their hearts. They, they think more wholesomely. For us, we think in part. We have one part that works. They think in full, full condition. So, for you, you might be there thinking, oh, it is gifts. She likes shoes. Oh, you go to cement there, put in a monthly what? Order for shoes. Before you know it, you find the shoes you're giving your wife, some many different people in church are putting them on. And you're thinking that they saw her shoes and decided to buy. Kumbe, she's donating. Mother, whom are you talking about? I, I'm just giving a general example. She's donating. <laughs> the shoes no longer work. Find something else. Dwell with them with understanding. Thank you, Anthony. I'll take that one hand clap. <laughs> it, uh, it takes effort and work and attention. Fixing attention on your spouse 
so that you'll understand them and their needs so that you can meet those needs. Those who have read His Needs, Her Needs, uh, that groundbreaking book for couples, you know the number one need of the guy, mostly. It is mostly the same uh, for like 90-something percent of the guys. If the lady takes care of that one need, everything else is sorted. For the ladies, the number one need is affection. Okay. For those who haven't read the book, for the guys, the number one need is sexual fulfillment. Not sex. Sexual fulfillment. That's uh, uh, too deep to go into detail here. But for the ladies, it is affection. And then you ask yourself, what on earth is affection? Because the other one, you already have a, 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 a specific... They, you already know the boundaries in which it's going to happen, yeah? Two people having fun somehow. Now, this other one, what is affection? It could be anything. It could be long walks. It could be lots of talk. It could be flowers. It could be gifts. It could be washing the dishes. It could be like this affection thing. Can someone please control it? So it keeps changing. Do you want to say something about it? <laughs> <laughs> understanding. Mose, um, just like you said, it takes understanding. And understanding takes effort. It takes asking. It takes continuous study. probing and study. It's not a one-off. It's a thing of what makes you happy these days? What can I do for you? this week. It's those, it's continuous. I, I just want to encourage the husbands, don't get tired of this continuous loving of the wife. Yes. Awesome. Now let me deal with the, the little bit of that tricky part. So dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Giving honor to the wife. And then it says, as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So what the writer was saying, because there was a lot of discussion about the weaker vessel thing. Are you saying women are weaker? Are you saying women are weaker? What? So, punches, we are going on on the WhatsApp group uh, between the preachers who are preaching this message today in different churches. Praise God. And so we had to go and read it in so many different versions to get to understand it. And what the writer was saying is, just like it still is today in some aspects, was, but was so much more back then. Okay? Some things have changed, but we still have a long way to go. In society today, much more in society 2,000 years ago, men had lots of advantages that women did not have. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Men get away with a lot that women don't. So, that's why you find that uh, most presidents in the world today are men. Even in, democra in democracies, it is still men. You find that uh, in workplaces, men are still being paid more than 
women even for the same work. Uh, so generally, society is skewed and it has given men lots of advantages that probably we don't deserve, but the reality is those advantages are there. So the writer is addressing those advantages and saying, by saying Wikaveso is that the perception that in terms of the advantages you have and the advantages she has, you are more advantaged. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is not addressing a men and women issue. He's not, remember this verse is to husbands. It is not to the men of Uganda. It's to husbands. And says, as the weaker vessel, between Arya and I, she's the weaker vessel. In terms of, she, she has many more hurdles to jump to be at the same level of advantages that I have. And this is what the writer is saying. He's saying, do not bring that advantage home. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, you don't. Okay. Repeat. Let me go back. So, you see what he says? He says, as to the weaker vessel, being heirs together of the grace of life. So what he's saying is that society generally treats men better than women. Okay? So now, you already have the advantages out there. You're making more money than her for, for, for the most part, not always. You are, you, you are walking through certain doors quicker than her. There are all sorts of impediments. So when you come home, are you hearing me? And I'm going to, this is a revelation. It's even going to blow your mind, some of you, once I'm done. When you come home, do what? Put those advantages to her advantage. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Because you are joint heirs of the grace of life. In other words, Christ looks at you as being joint heirs. Christ looks at you as being joint heirs of the grace of life. So, if you're making more money than she is, don't conduct yourself in the home as the person with more money. Because the reason you're making more money than she is, is society has given you uh, some advantages. So you, you, whatever you make when you come home, treat her equally. If you get certain advantages out there, don't bring your title back home. The right honorable pastor, doctor, brigadier, reverend, son, so. No, 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 no. Society somehow is warped and has given you those advantages out there. When you come home, don't bring the titles in the house. You already have the advantage outside. Don't bring the advantage inside. Because she's already disadvantaged outside, go the extra mile to empower her, to enhance her experience inside. And he, the example he gives, the, the best example is in Ephesians 5.25. Let's read together. Uh, it's up there. Husbands, 
Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That's what he's saying. Technically speaking, having sinned, Christ had the advantage. Okay? Who has the advantage? Christ. He's righteous. He's rich. He's everything. We are sinners. We are broken. We are this. And what does he do? He gives up. Are you with me? His advantage, he becomes sin. He made him who knew no sin become sin for us. Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. He was well and healed, but by his stripes we were healed. He takes every advantage that he has, being the sinless son of God, and he brings it home to the church. That's why he says that, so he's not ashamed to call them his brethren. So now we are adopted, we are treated the same way Christ is treated. We are treated by the Father as equals, Christ and us. That doesn't take away the fact that he's the first. That doesn't take away the advantage he has. It just means that he takes his advantage and he gives it to us so that we might be joint heirs. That's how marriage works. If the husband is making money, if the husband has some sort of advantage in society, when he comes home, he gives all that advantage to the wife so that the wife does not feel the disadvantage that society has already created is not felt in the home. I hope I've explained that well. So husbands, take the money home. Don't hide the account numbers. Husbands, when you are invited to important spaces, don't go alone. The aeroplane doesn't have one seat. <laughs> Vasta, please clap. Vasta is clapping. Don't go alone. Buy the extra, the office may buy your ticket, you buy her ticket. What are you doing? You're bringing her into your advantage. Where she, has, she is weak because of the setup of society, you are eliminating the weakness because that's how. So Christ, is, that's why he's going, he has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places. You get that? So the idea is, he deserves to be seated there with the father, but he says, uh -uh, I have a bride. We have to be seated there together in the heavenly places besides the father. I'm not going to come alone. So you're invited into important spaces. Take your person, okay? Let them know you didn't make it there alone. You're given bonuses. Take them to your person. There are big things to do. Ministry, etc. Bring your person along. Okay? She is not the pastor's wife. She is the pastor in every respect as I am. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. That was easier to explain than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I know there are many people in worship service who care, including myself, 
who care about how women are treated. Uh, that's why you find that in worship harvest, actually, most of the majority of our leaders are women. And uh, yeah, I have two daughters, so <laughs> I care about how women are treated. <laughs> Amen. So I needed us to understand this scripture and how it applies to our context, especially us men, that please, whatever advantage you may have because society has given it to you, take it home and give it to your person, your joint heirs of the grace of life. Awesome. So husbands honor their wives by using their every advantage to love and serve them. Let's say that clear again. Husbands honor their wives by using every advantage to love and serve them. You want to say something about that? You don't want to say something about that. Cool. All right. The last portion of text. This now applies to both parties, husbands and and wives. Where are we? Verse 8 and 9. Okay, verse 8 and 9. Let's do it together. Finally, uh -huh, all of you. This is what? Husbands and wives and married people and unmarried people and everyone. This is for all of us. So in case we are saying, hmm, today they only came to talk about husbands and wives. They think everyone here is married. Okay. Here is yours. <laughs> Finally, all of you together, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So both husbands and wives and others are two, but if you are husband and wife, I need you to continue. For those who are not married, please apply this generally. For those who are married, please, I need you to continue reading this verse in the context of your marriage. Uh -huh. Both husbands are to one, be of one mind. How do you become of one mind? By over-communicating. If you never talk about your lives, you will never be of one mind unless you are trusting the other party to have incredible levels of the spirit of discernment. <laughs> so to be of one mind means to share. Do you want to say anything about that? I was going to have compassion. Yes, talk about compassion. Be empathetic, considerate. Treat your person like this expensive thing that could easily break. Hold your wife, husband in high esteem. Let everyone look around and say, mm, the way that person treats their spouse, I want to get married because they treat them so well with compassion and love. Yep. And then he talks about love as brothers. Uh, that's the, number three. Love one another like siblings. <laughs> yes. What about that? So if you're married and you still feel closer to your siblings than your spouse, you are doing something wrong. Okay, if you've been married for two weeks, I understand. But ten years later, surely, 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 you should be closer to your spouse than your siblings. So this idea of when you have issues with your spouse, you go talk to your siblings about it. 
that's dangerous. That just does not work, should not work. Quit. You left your home. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. So, love, love like siblings, okay? Yeah, whatever you, could, you would do for your siblings, you have to do it for your spouse. Uh -huh. Be tender-hearted. You want to talk about that? Soft and sensitive. You know, I've have observed that sometimes in our homes, we treat people outside of our homes better than we treat people in our homes. And maybe it's because of upbringing and you just feel like, if I come to garage, I need to treat people in a certain way. If we could transfer that and treat the people in our homes, our husbands, our wives, softly, sensitively, the way I would care about the way I'm going to say this thing to someone that I respect and I do the same for my spouse, I think it would make a, a big difference. Yep. So soft and sensitive. Uh, I'm sorry for the times I've not been soft and sensitive. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right, be courteous. Mm, 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 mm. Courteous, basic, basic marriage principle. Mm? Well-mannered, civil, empisa. Mm? Like even if you are disappointed to what degree and steam is coming out of your ears, you can still be civil. Be civil. Don't bang the door. Don't throw things down. Huh? Don't raise, raise your, voice. your voice. What are the other ways we become uncivil? Walk away in protest. Walk away in protest. Uh huh. Silent, Silent treatment. Uh huh. It is just basic behavior. Yeah, the way you would with other people. The way you would treat people at your workplace, that the least you can do is be civil. Be, just be like, okay. Uh -huh. Not revengeful and vindictive. Wow. Not wow. paying evil for evil. When the other person does something, you keep them and say, Let, my turn will come. I will show them how to do it. No. Giving good for evil. Mm, mm. I will not add. <laughs> yeah. Just please, please. Yeah. Don't buy the gun and all of those other things. So, and seven, not, uh, there is not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Don't use abusive and scornful language. Reviling for reviling. Abaganda, Uluganda. Ebi gambo, ebi songo fu. Sharp words. We are, we are, we are. You know, words. <laughs> Someone said, although this is not good at all, but someone said that. Physical pain can eventually 
go away. But pain that comes with words and is embedded in the heart takes longer to go away than physical pain. So, please, words, sometimes we, we, we just, you know. So, let's use good language. Because it says, uh, but on the contrary, blessing. So, to bless, to affirm, to support, to give, to basically create an environment of healthy words. It doesn't mean you should never disagree. Mm -mm. If you put two people together, you are just waiting. You've just created a perfect environment for lots of disagreements. So, in the midst of those disagreements, be careful the words you use. Be careful the attitudes you display and uh, be courteous and civil. Ari, you want to close this up? Couples, we can read that together. Couples, honor each other by creating an environment of love and respect because of their reverence for God. So, reverence for God. So, honor starts with our reverence for God. If I care for nothing for God, I may as well have no motivation to care for my wife or for my husband. If, but if you claim to be a Christ follower, you do not have the option of honoring your husband. It's not an option. Not husband, your spouse, both husband and wife. It is a must. So, wives bring their advantages, husbands bring their advantages, and we create a culture of honor in our homes. Amen? Have you been blessed today? Great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ask your spouse how you may serve them this week. That's the assignment for those who are married. Text right now, WhatsApp, how may I serve you this week? I'm sure my spouse is going to let me know because she's also going to ask me, how may I serve you this week? Thank you so much for coming out today and God bless you so much. We are running late, so we are just going to close the service right now. Both Ari and I are going to pray over you. So let's just pray. If you're seated next to your spouse, I would like you to take their hand uh, as, as, as we pray. Ari, go first. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be called your sons and daughters. Thank you for the wives and husbands in this room. We thank you that you've given us the power, wives, to submit and respect our husbands, and you've given the husbands the power to love and serve their wives. Thank you that your word, you accompany it with power to perform that word, and so wives and husbands are going to do likewise this week, this month, and the years to come, and they are going to testify of how you are blessing their marriages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Father, I thank you for every married couple here that are at different stages of their marriage. Those who've been married only a few weeks, those who've been married for decades, we bless them. Father, we impart your wisdom and grace upon these marriages right now. That the words we've spoken will not just be words that are received by the heads, but that there will be power, there will be life and spirit that permeates every marriage represented in this place. That there will be no more strife. Father, that those who have already made up their minds to quit in separation or divorce, that they will reverse those decisions right now in the name of Jesus. That husbands, we will love to cherish and respect and honor 
our wives, bringing every advantage the world may have given us home. And that the wives will be the kind of wives that trust you, knowing that you are watching that situation and will make it good for them. So we bless the couples here. We bless them with long lives, with long, lifelong marriages. And those who have already had difficulties and maybe they have divorced or separated, that you'll be a restorer. You're a God of restoration. That you'll bring new life into their lives in the way that you know how to. That you'll start something new today that, that may be broken, that may have gone south. That you, you are the God of en endless possibilities and opportunities. That you'll create new opportunities for people to live out these principles in the way you've taught us to. So we thank you, we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. God bless you and see you next week. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.